Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. Now we've got some guests coming up for you here in the next couple of weeks, two uh, in the next four or five episodes, whatever. You've just gotten tired of me being here too long that you want to kick me off. I feel like you and I have talked about everything we need to talk about. <laughs> no, one of those I definitely do need you for. Um, one of them is we're, we're hoping to get uh, a chance to talk to somebody who is not one of the big four who is opening up an 8,000 head a day facility. Um, All internal money, uh, meaning that they're not even taking investors, they're covering the cost for startup on their own. So I find that incredibly fascinating. I'm hoping to talk uh, to the lady who is, to the woman who is leading this process. I believe it's also her company, I think from what I can tell. Um, so that will be really interesting. We're hoping to get uh, get her on. And then I've got a nutritionist coming on, uh, Ron from the Hunting Dog podcast. His daughter is a certified nutritionist. She has a podcast of her own. She has good social media following. So I thought that'd be interesting. I'm also thinking about at least testing the waters of giving her um, a blog section in Meatgistics and let her specifically do health-related things. It would be interesting. Yeah. I, I really think if we send her some, because she's, her and Ron are great at using our seasonings and posting it on social media. So if we can get her to like actually put together some recipes for that, like, hey, if you're looking for a good low XYZ, you know, fat, carb, whatever meal, you can use these seasonings and this protein. So I think that could be, could be pretty cool. Yeah. But no, it is just you and I today. This will be coming out on A- the same day that we're going to have our July or July live stream. Um, so this will be July 1st. Whenever you get this or are listening to this, we're going live at waltons.com slash live 3 p.m. If you're listening to it on the first. So come join us there because A, we're drawing a winner for the Camp Chef. That yep. was our big June giveaway item. Uh, B, we're going to announce what's coming up for sales and giveaways. And C, May's, is it May? Yeah, May's winner didn't claim their prize. So we've got a 26 pound Walton sausage stuffer. We've got casings, seasonings, apron, hat, shirt, all that. Um, I mean, this is going to end up being like, like a 2000 plus dollar giveaway day then. Cause that grill camp chef grills are, it depends on which one you did. I mean, it's gotta be about a thousand bucks. The stuffer with everything with it, plus everything else that we normally give away mm-hmm. during live streams, there's going to be at least two grand of stuff flowing out the door that day. Well, I can we can just keep the 26 pound stuffer if that's what you want to do, Austin. Seems I don't know. Probably, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see what side of the bed I wake grinchy. up on on Friday. <laughs> uh, no, we've already budgeted that to come out, so that will come out. Um, so yeah, so that's what we have going on. Uh, I am wearing my patriotic. Meatistics t-shirt. Austin is not, even though this is the July 4th podcast. Like this is the closest one we're gonna release to July 4th. To be honest, I'm not really sure where mine is. Uh <laughs> well, I, I've worn it a couple times and it got washed, and it's one of those things that it just like disappeared. You ever have stuff that oh, good does Lord, that? Yes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I I've looked for it was say Wednesday, like each morning this week, and I'm like, no, I don't know where it is. You need another one. Yeah. I had the same problem. Mine was in my car, though. So, word of the wise, might want to check there. <laughs> yeah. Do you think someone stole it from you, Patrick? 
What? Do you think someone stole it from you? Someone no, I broke into your no, car. No, I literally just said it. It's in. Oh, my it's car. still in your yeah. car. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, all right, for these meat shirts or meat sticks, patriotic <laughs> shirts, the meat shirts. Hey, the meat shirts, meat sweats. It rolls into something we're doing later. Uh, the larges are down to eight. The extra larges are down to five. The two XLs are down to four, and the three XLs are down to eight. So. Get them now because this was a limited run. We are not planning on doing this again. Um, so if you want one of these awesome Meet Your Six t-shirts, go to waltons.com, type in patriotic, uh, and it'll come right up. So uh, I've got some meat up here for us. Continuing with our recent run of samples from Excalibur, they were really smart to send those to us. It's a lot of free advertising they're getting we, I mean, we give them a lot of free advertising yes, anyways. Know. Yes. All right, so we've got two things. We've got the wasabi. Sorry, Rob. Well, that was annoying. We've got Thanks, wasabi John. ginger marinade and Thai honey ginger marinade. So they both have ginger in them. Um, both of those sounded like they'd good go good on beef or sorry pork or chicken. So I got a little bit of each. Um, I have already taste tested these. I couldn't <laughs> resist. Um, let's try the wasabi first. Wait, which one's which then? This is the wasabi over here. So I'm going to cut you a little piece. Oh, I thought you did chicken in one and pork another. You, I did I got some you. of both. Okay. Now, this cooked about 20 minutes longer than the other stuff. I lowered the temperature, but I wanted to keep it warm. This one got very dry. I know you're uh, doing this for because you're eating, but you're off mic a lot recently. <laughs> it reminds me of a, of a comment I read earlier today. You guys were curing a ham in the corner of our room next door at the white backdrop. So one of the first videos John was ever in. And they talked in gross detail about how they hated hearing you guys chew food. It was, <laughs> <laughs> turn it down. Dude, someone sent like six hours ago as of this morning, they were like, commenting on it and i was like oh my god good to see that a video still has a lot of those things are evergreen like it'll always be yeah relevant it's recipe stuff it's not like oh yeah social comment that one's got like seventy-eight thousand views on how to cure and yeah we've got to get hand. on redoing those too totally agree we really do um and then we'll do what we did with the patty maker one we'll just we'll leave that video up but we'll switch like the Majestics article, all the links will go to the new video. Definitely. Yeah. So we got to get on that. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? If you don't eat the very end piece, it's not as dry and it's actually, it's, I don't think it's too dry. No. But okay. it's really light flavor. I, I will have you know that next door when it was fresh off the grill, everybody commented on how juicy it was. So it was the extra cooking that uh, dried it out. It had more of the wasabi flavor with the initial bite. Like as soon as I bought into bought into a piece over there, yeah, right? <laughs> bit into bit, a piece. Oh, jeez. Oh God, it's gonna be that perpendicular or parallel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good one. Uh, the first thing I thought was, ooh, wasabi. Like not like the wasabi brat just tastes kind of like zingy. Like this actually had a good wasabi flavor. Overcooking it has sort of destroyed that. Obviously. It's funny. I had uh, the initial reaction he had. I had the I had like the opposite. I had. Uh, the the Thai honey ginger and instant like 
intense flavor. I was like, oh my God, juicy. Like you said, it was almost, it was dripping on my hand. And then I had wasabi and it's just, while good, just a touch underwhelming for me. So I think it's whichever one we uh, ate first. I don't know if that was a temperature thing or like you said, your taste buds just kind of hit the reset button on you. Patrick, this one, probably the pork is better with oh, wasabi. Really? Yeah. So it's cool. the opposite. Oh, right on. Mm. I didn't have the pork. So that's probably what it is. Fresh right off the grill. I would say the pork had less of the wasabi flavor and the chicken had more. So this is kind of reversed because I pick up more. You still don't pick up much? I don't know if my taste buds are broken today, but I don't. I like the flavor. It's good. It's a light flavor, but I don't pick up wasabi. So you don't have I agree. the C word? I agree. You haven't lost your taste? The vid? Oh, no. <laughs> I better not have COVID. Salt, maltodextrin, sugar, wasabi powder. Wasabi powder says it's horseradish powder, mustard powder, cornstarch, vitamin C, citric acid, and some coloring. Um all in all, I like this. Uh, I wanted to like it more. Like after my first bite, I was like, yes, they've nailed wasabi. Because I love the flavor of wasabi. But you're right. It is a mild mm -hmm. seasoning. It's a good flavor. It's a really good flavor. I mean, I just, I, to be honest, I think it's probably just me. No. I can, I can breathe today. Here. So I don't know. I think uh, maybe they didn't want to scare off people with that either. But then the, the, the type of people that want wasabi flavor, they, they want wasabi flavor. So it's mm -hmm. like. It's the same thing I said about the horseradish broth. Yeah, like exactly. just go for it. Yeah. So I feel like horseradish is, brought is more wasabi-y because of that's the wasabi we're used to over here in the States. So it's like if you want was wasabi, maybe go horseradish broth, in my opinion. Yeah, but. The horseradish brought should have a stronger horseradish flavor. My favorite, we forgot to turn the the cutting board around. We got the bur the burnt side. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those are with the griddle. Uh, oh, well, no. you don't even know about the other one. I damaged another cutting surface <laughs> with the griddle. Oh. Great. So right. that on chicken is is really good. It's uh, what's that? That the whole name? Thai honey ginger. It's. Uh, I initially picked up something that had a little bit of spice to it. You pick up the tie and then the honey starts, then the ginger. And it kind of like, to me, like the flavors kind of float back and forth. Mm. Um, it's, it, it's not like it's just all at once you taste it all. Yeah. It was like developing. Mm -hmm. It was, it was good. Hands down. The pork is better on this one. Mm. I'll just have to try the pork when we're done. Maybe we didn't. I'm going to try cutting into the chicken out of like a, hopefully. I'm telling you, part. it was weird. Usually on first initial impression, me and John usually have. A, a lot of similarities, but like I'm, I'm picking a uh, picking up what Austin's throwing down here. It was very developing. Um, speaking to the ginger one, but yeah, I didn't get a lot of the wasabi. But I don't know the yeah. the moist chicken. Some, I don't know. Maybe it's just how people are wired too, though. Well, yeah, anything that has juicy juiciness and moisture to it is gonna have a more intense flavor. Um, yeah. So all in all, I would say the uh, Thai honey ginger is the the better of the two seasonings i would be I, i'd prefer it on chicken oh really it's really good on pork but i think i like it on the chicken better oh. although i like this is really good pork though the pork in and of itself pork pork is better than chicken but i think the seasoning i like the seasoning on the chicken okay um so just like we've done with the last couple episodes uh both of these will be There'll be links to them in the Meatgistics podcast post that will take you to the seasoning page where it will be listed for a total of one cent because we can't do it for free. It'd be interesting. I'm going to go through because we've sold, sold, we've given away, sold, whatever, a good amount of those sample seasonings. I'd be interested to see like 
how many people did we get to order a bunch of other things too? Like how many people just were like, eh, I'll take the seasoning for one cent and pay seven ninety five in shipping. No, there, there's been quite a few. Has there really? Uh-huh. Um, I, why? I don't know. I've been, I've just been paying closer attention to orders lately. And yeah, there's been, there's been quite a few that just bought the, bought a bag or a few bags of seasoning and paid the, yeah, seven, eight bucks in shipping to get them. Hmm. Um, which I mean, is still a really good deal. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But, especially if you were to take one of each of the, yeah. So yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Buy other things, people. That's why we do this. I know you think it's because we love you and I can't stop talking, but go to Walton's and purchase things. Uh, but yeah, no, those will be up there. All right. So can we go for uh, our first attempt at playing some audio? Yeah, here we go. Arby's half pound roast beef piled high with meat sweats. Who said that? Old Spice Meat Sweat Defense. Defends against the meat sweats. It's very literal. <laughs> Get out of this ad. Oh! I'm on a horsey sauce. <laughs> Arby's, we have the meat sweats. Defense. <laughs> so I saw that they had teamed up for an ad uh, and just went immediately to watch it and started laughing from the second he starts saying me sweats. <laughs> first of all i love that guy that whole ad campaign they've done with him just for the last like five years probably oh it's been longer than that has it really oh yeah i have no idea how like what time is anymore wait you're talking about the old spice guy or the Arby's old spice guy. stuff yeah i think yeah. both those both those franchises took a huge uh with a uh, huge swing and hit with their uh i mean like so just most recent commercial ads i think i when even talking about commercials we would often say arby's a lot in the media room just trying to like get an idea of a company that does one single thing great mm -hmm. and that doesn't like hit you over the head with like edits and this and that but like it was just a funny voiceover and it just works for them so kudos to them yeah for sure um so them teaming up just kind of struck me as cool funny uh, they obviously did a great job with the ad. Can you actually buy meat sweat defense deodorant? Because if you can, so. I'm going. I'm going to buy some. So. Like that's a smart buy. Usually. Do we know what the meat sweats actually are? Like, are they a real? Yeah, thing? It's a, yeah. It's merch we're now selling where it's actual meat on sweats. Now that we, <laughs> <laughs> it's a meat sweat. Oh man, people would buy that. Um, so I don't. I don't know all of it, but I know at least to some extent. Um, like when you eat food, your body temperature does raise because it's having to process and digest meat. There might be more to it. I don't know. But you eat enough of any type of food and your body temperature is going to raise. Your heart rate's going to increase. Your body is doing work to process all of that. It's uh, if you don't eat a lot, I mean, it doesn't do a ton. But if you if you eat a ton of food like it does have a pretty decent impact. Okay. I do, I do a lot of like heart rate tracking. Um, um, that's, I don't know, one of the things I'm, I'm big on with how, yeah, your sure. body's working and operating. Your heart rate says a lot about what's going on and my heart rate will spike a lot. If I have just ate like a massive meal, especially lots of protein, 
heart rate will will stay high for a while. Okay. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just takes a while for your metabolism to to kick that in. That's why it's usually a couple hours later that you start with the meat sweats. Interesting. Um, Patrick and I have been kicking around an idea. Um, what are your thoughts on having a hashtag or something that our listeners can then post to their social media and we can collect them weekly and do what we did basically with that. We'll just figure out a slightly better way to do it. And then so they can leave us questions and comments and or show us something and we can respond to them. Now, are they leaving text questions or audio questions? Audio. Okay. Oh, audio? So yeah, it would be some sort of video. If we can get people to do it, it'd be awesome. Okay. Um, well, they could just, I mean, send us TikToks or something probably. Yeah, like anything, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do like the hashtag MeatGistics podcast. And then if they post it with that, Justin will be able to collect all of those. Let us know which ones they are. We can go through them. Play. Or have yeah. Patrick go through them, have them ready to play. So then actually that's what we should do. We should not see them ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. So we can react to you them. blind react to them. As, as long as someone has. Did you, so I already posted I already posted this uh, this idea in, in Meatgistics. I did not tag you in it in the hopes that you wouldn't see it so I could ambush you with it live. Um, in that post, I said, we'd play them as long as they're appropriate and it's not from Nick Hall, oh. which, who is beekeeper <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, he's going to try and sneak something naughty yeah. in there. Uh, and you talked about doing something recently blind on the podcast. And I was like, uh, let's have someone review it. I forget what oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Well, I mean, we did have a blind guy on the podcast. <laughs> no, not that. I don't remember, but as long as somebody looks at it first, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Right. But if, if we can get people to do it, I think it'd be awesome. I, no offense to our listener base out there, but I have, have a guess based upon what our average consumer is for our products um, that we might have a little bit of issue with getting everybody involved because of a technology aspect mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. So as long as people can do it and figure it out, if it, if it works, I would love it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. They're Luddites. They're my people. <laughs> they, they don't like technology. Um, all right. So yeah, it'll be hashtag meet podcast and we will go through uh, every week, look at what you guys have posted, and then we'll play them on the podcast and talk about it. What brought this up in mind is I listened to a podcast of the Lotus Eaters. Um, it's a British podcast, and they have a way you can submit like video questions for them. That That's what they do. That's a cool way just to build more engagement with the actual mm -hmm. audience. Yeah. So thought it was a good idea. Cool. All right. We've got um, just under two months. So what is that? Seven weeks until Bratfest 2022. It's August 20th. Um, we've already sold some tickets, so that's good. Do you have a final decision on whether or not it's going to be in the grass or? Yeah. So I got to either flip over and look at notes or, or think for a second. I, I talked with Josh today, our store manager, and 
normally Josh and I, we go through meetings fairly fast, half hour and we're done. Oh, so not like uh, ours. No, uh, <laughs> we were in there for two and a half hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that, but we also missed last week's meeting and we got a lot of stuff from Broadfest to go over. So um, we were going over a ton of stuff there. Our, our biggest, one of our biggest issues right now is, I mean, we, we, we have to do it on the grass. I don't think we can't not do it on the grass. I think it'd be a horrible mistake to do it on the, the pavement again. Um, the only advantage to doing it on the pavement is um, some shade from some of the trees on the mm. side of the building. Um, but our fix to that is um, to get like a huge tent. Okay. Uh, like the one that almost blew up in... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a big tent like that, like it, a minimum, minimum 40 by 80. Okay. Um, pretty big tent. That's very big. Uh, ideally we're, we're looking at it and we're like, you know, we get like a couple of these, uh, maybe a few of them. And then we got prices from people uh -huh. and I was like, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> we're not doing that. That's, uh, what, what you rent them for. And then we're like, well, what if we just bought a tent and had it to reuse every year. And I'm like, no, still, this isn't going to work. I'd rather take it, it's, it, it was, it would be like 3000 bucks just to rent one. Okay. Um, to buy them would be closer to like 12. And I'm like, I'd rather just take that and write a check to the special Olympics air capital flyers, uh, Fair point. then do that. The whole, the whole point of this is fundraiser. So I don't want to spend that much money, um, on something like that. So we're debating what to do, what to do. It's like, how tacky would it look if we just had like the 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 tents and just set up a ton of them with tables and chairs underneath them. And ideally, um, we wouldn't do that because I think it would look a little tacky. Um, but finally, um, Josh had an idea that we should get like some of those like sunscreen shade things. Um, I don't even know how to describe them. A lot of people put them in their backyards around like a pergola or something like that, where um, it's just like you attach it to something, pull it tight, okay. and it's just the yep. top. Just the top. It's yeah, not like a whole tent. Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, we could we could like attach that to the building on the the south side here. And then maybe the trees would be in the right spot. We could attach it to the trees. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I don't really care if we dig up things, do whatever. Um, it we looked pole. up and yeah, we can get like uh, 16 foot four by fours for like 30 bucks, um, which I thought they'd be a whole lot more yeah. um, than that because of where wood prices and lumber prices have been. But um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to put up a bunch of, yeah, 16 foot four by fours and attach those little sunshades to them. So basically have our, make our own makeshift tent. It should look pretty cool. It'd be rustic-y in a sense. Okay. And won't be as uh, cumbersome as some of those big tents are. Um, and yeah. e easily, easy to set up, easy to tear down. So um, we'll do it on the south side, do it on the grass. Um, we're going to have a lot of those little sunshades put up. Um, we can get them as big as like 40 by 100 by 100. So not sure how big of an area we're going to do yet, but it's going to be pretty big. Well, just keep in mind that we do live in a very windy place. Well, yeah. And if a serious breeze comes through that day, that's gone. Yeah. Okay. But if it's also, if it's, if it's that windy, it's probably one, not sunny, um, or two, not that hot, and okay. we may not need to put them up. Okay. I mean, really, even if it was, 
if we got lucky and the high was like 82 that day, I mean, we probably don't need them mm. just because it, people won't get that hot. I'm just concerned if it's, if it's 110 degrees out wow. that day, we are going to have to have shade or no one's going to want to stay for more than 30 minutes to an hour. It will be a hundred and something that day. The like extended the forecast says 91 and partly sunny. Well, that's not terrible. 91 and partly sunny would be great. What about back in shipping? We have that huge fan. I think it's already set up to hook up to water too, right? Uh, Colton last year rigged that thing up to, yeah, run misters on it. And we mm. used it and it was, eh, it was okay. Helps a little bit. One great, one horrible. The, the fan's just deceiving. It's it's really, really big and it looks like it should put out a lot more air than it does. That much. Yeah, doesn't put out that much air. That's disappointing. But um, I don't know. We're cruising along with with stuff on Broadfest, though. Um, we don't have a final layout done yet. That'll that'll start to come in the next week here. Um, but things are things are looking good. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have shade. So I think that's that's our biggest thing right now. Is we figured out the whole shade thing. So cool. Well, that should be a good event. I'm excited to come and get in the dunk tank. Yeah. And taunt people who can't throw well, <laughs> especially employees here. I think there'll be a significant number of employees who want to dunk me. You got to start thinking of like safe insults you can start hurling at. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. I have to be kind in some way. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's children nearby. <laughs> that ruins most of my material. Oh, no. Whenever you do the dunk tank, I'm just going to go give like every, every one of the, the athletes like five bucks and go, here you go. Oh, if, no. If there's like, if there's like, yeah, if there's 20 of them, I'll give them a hundred bucks and, and tell them they all get to go and, and get a chance to dunk you. The only then, one I would you, be even, you can't heckle them. Right. Well, the only one I'd be even remotely comfortable with is the one that we know. Uh, Kurt's son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he 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 would be heckling you the whole time oh, for yes, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Anything else? Meat matters. Sure. Oh, remember to uh, leave a <laughs> review. It really does help. We forgot to do it at the halfway beginning of this through one. the pot. Here we are. This Better is than your, all the way at the end. Is your, it's like a halftime show. So, so uh, how's that uh, intro coming for it, Patrick? Oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping he hadn't even started it yet. Oh, if I, I wouldn't tell you, so. Fair point. All right. So when I'm putting together Meat Matters things, I have a couple of websites I go to, but also one of the things I do is just a general search. I'll search the word meat. I'll search the word like weird meat, things like that. See what comes up. Do you just wait for text to post meat, his Meat Matters stuff on Logistics and steal his stuff? I do not. <laughs> um, though we did do that on the trip up to Montana. That's exactly what we did. We did credit him for yeah. Yeah, maybe we sure. should just do that anyways. Just let him do all the work and then <laughs> we come up here, we just click on the links and we just go, oh, that's interesting. Patrick, do you think what comes out of my mouth just, there's a lot of research that goes <laughs> this into is, this. Is premeditated? Yes. You know what else we could probably do? <laughs> we could probably crowdsource from our Meatistics members the, the editing process of all the videos and audio that we do. We definitely could do I that. I bet we could. I we probably got a number of people out, out there really that would be well. able to help us there. And then they would feel more in like involved in the process yeah so might be even not, might even be able to crowdsource the talent is kansas a right to work state <laughs> um you mean like like free will at, mm -hmm. or at will employment yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. okay well that's interesting 
you you can you can leave and I can fire you at any time. Either I wasn't one of thinking us want about any, me. Want anything? Yeah. I was thinking about. Oh, okay. Somebody else. All right. So I do a, a Google news.google.com um, and I did a Bing one. So I have some results. I find them interesting. So on the Google one, simple search for the word meat. Six out of the first 10 articles were about fake meat. Over half the articles about meat were about fake meat. When you get past the top 15, 12 of the next 14 were about fake meat. That's crazy. That's insane. That's got to be biased. Oh, good Lord, that, yes. I mean, that's what I, I forget. On one of the podcasts, I think we actually had numbers on what the percentage um, was of what people consume, who, who's, who's uh, a meat eater, who's a vegetarian, mm-hmm. who eats real meat, fake meat. And I don't remember what the numbers were, but you would think that that should kind of line up with what your search results would be. So, Okay, I was just making sure these are looks like mostly the exact same results I'm getting when I do it in an incognito window. I was just making sure that my previous... <clears throat> results weren't our previous searches weren't skewing that so then if you go over to bing it's seven out of the top 10 i mean it's very clear what the current narrative is even though all of these beyond meat and possible burger or you know that we talked about the chicken nugget company last time are struggling pretty hard they're still doing their darndest to push it so whatever, I just found that interesting. So, hold um, so I, I just I just had to go to DuckDuckGo okay. to, to see what they have. So on their results under news, uh, the first one is meat. Um, the second one is obviously from China. A pregnant dog. A pregnant dog was saved from the meat slaughterhouse. Mm. Um, from a place called The Mirror, but yep. I assume that that's... Mirror.co.uk. Yeah. Um, real meat, real meat, uh, Chinese dog meat festival, uh, vegan, real meat, seaweed meat, um, real meat, fake meat, both, fake meat, meat. I don't know. It looks like it's a little better. Yeah. There's still there's still a number of them in here that are Well, DuckDuckGo and then the Brave browser is the way to go. That's what I do on my cell phone. So Brave. Yeah, use the use the I Brave do. one. Yeah. Yep. Use Brave browser. Keeps a lot of that at arm's length. I mean, there's no keeping it completely out, but Brave. found it pretty interesting. Okay. On to actual meat matters. Um, first one is a uh, post from something we've never used before. Uh, the Jerusalem Post has uh, an article we're going to reference. Um, is that like an? Oh yeah, it says Israel News at the top. Okay, yep. I was going to yep. say the, surely that's an Israeli newspaper or something. Now, it, from this, it's uh, researchers from Rutgers University found that even minor increases in protein from eighteen to twenty percent. First of all, we have very different. De- or definition of the word minor, if you're talking about 18 to 20%, that's a fairly large change, um, but have a measurable effect on healthy eating choices. So the more protein that you consume, 
the more healthy choices you will make in the rest of your meals. Meaning people who ate 18 to 20% more protein also tended to report eating more vegetables, more fruits, less uh, simple and refined sugars. Um, from them, it said, it's remarkable that a self-selected, so again, self-selected, these are people who are wanting to pay attention to their health, uh, slightly higher protein intake during dieting is accompanied by higher intake of greens, vegetables, reduced intake of refined grains and added sugars. Um, but that's exactly what they found. So my thought process on it, we talked about it a long time ago on here. Uh, the uh, it's not it's a yeast I think that lives in your gut called candida, um, and when you have a candida infestation, however you would say that, uh, any sugars that you eat is going to cause that to just go crazy, and then that triggers your body for more. It wants more of the sugar, more of the sugar, more of the sugar, uh, so that it can keep replicating and and thriving. Um, when you eat larger amounts of protein, that tends to, to shrink down and your stomach isn't sending as many signals to your brain saying, hey, I need a quick sugar fix, quick energy. Uh, instead, just like a normal you know, person without that candida, whatever, um, your body's actually telling you what it really does need. Because there will be days where I'm like, I just really feel like I need to eat you know, a big salad or something with my dinner. Like some days you can feel like my body needs vegetables. And for me, it's always in, hey, that sounds unbelievably good right now. Like that's how I can tell that my body's telling me something. Uh, or that's how I think my body's telling me something. Because it'll always be something random. It'll be like, like I'm on a big red pepper kick recently. I've been buying red peppers and just cutting them up and eating them as snacks. I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to be in shape by the time I get on that dunk tank thing. <laughs> this is, we are not going to see fat John up well, there. Well, you will be sitting down though too. So make sure That's you're not so standing up in the mirror. Yeah, you can, <laughs> I'm going to have to sit. I'm going to have to stand. Can, <laughs> I'll do the... Oh, yeah. please have him stand where he's supposed son. to sit so he has an actual <laughs> long way to drop. That'd be great. You could, you could just wear like a wetsuit. Cover up. Yeah, wear a Thick. shirt. Thick wetsuit. Meet Justic yeah. shirt. It's cross promotion. I can't be the guy wearing a shirt in the pool. <laughs> no, no, no. It's for work. That's all it is can't for be. work. Um, so on this article, um, I maybe read this a little bit different than you do. Instead of instead of saying you increase 18 to 20% on your protein intake, I think it might be saying you increase your diet from 18% of it being protein oh, to 20% 20. of it being okay. protein. So it's only like a 10% of... 10% of what you eat protein increase and really only 2% of your diet change. So really that would make it a very small amount. Researchers from Rutgers universities found that even minor increases in protein from 18 to 20% have a measurable effect. Oh God, that is confusing. If you're right, that does totally change uh, the article. <laughs> Either way, I would guarantee you that the average at least this was in Rutgers, so they are studying Americans. The average American could stand to eat 18 to 20% more protein. I oh, would bet that the vast probably. majority of their carbs are coming from sugar and fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't think most people probably eat the amount of protein that they should be every day. No. Um, no. Like I pay attention to it. <clears throat> and sometimes at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, eat a protein shake or something because even working here, eating all the stuff we 
do some days. Most days we're not eating something here. Yeah. So it, it, it's a struggle to get it in. Mm-hmm. Well, don't want to derail this at all, but a funny thing came up in the office yesterday, and I don't want to spend long on this, but who's faster? <laughs> humans that lived 100 years ago or humans now? On average, you take your average guy, who's faster on foot? So you take all the humans now, make them run oh. a 100-meter dash, average that out. Go back 100 years, take all the humans, make them run 100-meter dash, average it out. Which number is quicker? Oh, well, first I'd say the top end, humans are faster now. Oh, yeah, for sure. A <laughs> hundred years ago, the average, they had to be a lot faster than us now. Potentially. I, there's no way to look this up, I don't think. So. No, there's not. But oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of waiting, <laughs> anticipating like, what what are we, are we going to find out? No. But you don't have an answer. No, nope, that's no what I answer. thought too. He came up with this question <laughs> organically. Now, you also have to take into account like modern footwear, modern athletic, you know, abilities yeah so like like you say the fastest person now is so much faster like olympic athletes back then you have nfl offensive linemen who could beat them Mm -hmm. oh yeah great point so i don't know it it probably is the low end of our time drags us probably down below so then you think of like they might actually had physical requirements within gym classes growing up where it's like mine all right, you could just hang on the rope there for ten seconds. That was good. That was my gen, like the. Phys- I was the tail president. end of the generation where physical education was no longer physical education. Mm. I was the beginning of that. Like we would play stupid games, like sit down on those scooters and scoot around and learn about team oh, building. Like geez. no, we're supposed to, like let's play sports. <laughs> yeah, I'm a ten year old boy. I want to like go run around for at least an hour a day. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, so this is up in Nebraska, a Grand Island police working huge meat theft case. So in Nebraska, somebody stole three semi trailers full of wow. meat. I can't believe that they don't know this. So I'm assuming that the company that it got stolen from is not wanting to to share um, but each semi could be <laughs> worth anywhere from two hundred thousand to a million dollars each. Um, they found two of the semis after they'd already been unloaded. Uh, how do you move that? Like, hey, got some stolen meats for you. Like, you either have to have a ridiculous size freezer somewhere to store this all, or it had to be somebody who like has an in in the industry. So, if you're in Nebraska and you all of a sudden notice a lot lower meat prices at certain meat markets, <laughs> you may have found where that meat ended up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I assume that they were in reefer trailers, so it's not like you would have to have a, a freezer that big that they just, if they put diesel in the generator. Yeah. So they, they went around and they targeted the reefer trailers that were currently running is apparently how they chose like, okay, I know this one has yeah. stuff in it. Um, it says it was stuff from JBS Swift. So, but I'm assuming JBS is just not wanting that information released on, and then somebody made a estimation because 200,000 to a million is a huge range. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's probably somewhere in the middle of that. Cause if it was all just, if it was all just the cheapest ground beef, um, I mean, it'd be cheap, but if it was all packed to the ceiling with ribeyes or fillets, yeah, yeah then but, it's insane. Although it, on the other hand, I don't know those guys do a much, do so much. It could be almost all one thing could just be tons of combos that's fair loaded in there with just bulk of this bulk of that i don't know that's crazy though 
like where where even if you don't have a fridge or freezer put in where do you hide three semi trailers no so they found two of the semi trailers abandoned oh they did they're still missing the one but they they found two of them so they're not keeping the trailers they're just keeping the meat that's in there pretty amazing so they do have a big freezer so scrooge mcduck remember when you dive into the yeah gold coins that's what i imagine them doing with the meat (laughs) just diving into ribeyes and swimming around in them that's what i'd do with it it sounds like a goodfellas scene where like they're gonna find some guy (laughs) hanging in the back of the meat truck yeah what do they really do with them yeah that is fair um all right so then we've got another article of from swine web says record high feed grain prices expected to drive up meat prices so real quick before we get into this at all uh this is in canada it's not the u.s so it's not a exact comparison but as grain prices grow around the world um canada and the u.s are are fairly similar or in lockstep uh one of the things that they've brought up in this is as these these are going to continue to increase for two reasons and they're both tied to what's going on in ukraine is one ukraine is the breadbasket of europe and two we get a ridiculous amount of our fertilizer from russia and we have stopped bringing any of that in um i don't know if growing up here do you have any friends who were farmer who are farmers oh i mean nobody i'm like friendly close with it might be somebody that oh i know i know of them but i don't really know them so right by where when i go down to web i drive back on what is that 45th and then take a right there there's that cornfield there i was driving by it two days ago this could be just me being more like aware of it but the corn seemed low corn did not seem as high as it was by end of july last year like in oh. New York, we have a saying knee high by the 4th of July. So when we got here and saw corn, like usually above your head by July, we were very confused by this. Um, but I don't know. If think, you can't put as much fertilizer down, things aren't going to grow as quickly and not grow as well. I think it depends uh, where I live. Uh, I, I mean, I live next to a whole bunch of fields, um, like a little small neighborhood, literally, literally just in the middle of nowhere um fields all around one of them is wheat that still hasn't been harvested wheat's been weird i feel like wheat harvest around here it started three weeks ago i they i saw them starting to harvest and i feel like that's early um at least comparatively to when they have been but there's still some wheat fields that haven't been harvested it's weird i don't know normally i feel like it's it's been a little bit later and they happens more quickly but there's still one wheat field next to us waiting to be harvested and there's like three cornfields right in the area there and then down the road there's some more um and the ones around me they're all they're all pretty tall um but there's uh, there's another one that's i mean it looks like it's like a a foot and a half taller than everything else um but it's definitely i mean it's not short it it looks looks fairly healthy but some of them are higher shorter um was uh like how how tall was the corn you were looking at? Oh, I would say it was just above waist height. Oh, just above waist height. Yeah, yeah. that's really short for yeah. what I've uh, what I've seen over by me, anyways. Especially with all the rain we were getting there for a while, I figured everything was like that would offset it, but it doesn't seem to have played as big a role in it as I would have imagined. Hmm. And part of that is me just like 
you know, my resistance to ever watering anything because water is so expensive at my house. The farmers are like, yeah, this is what you have to do. Yeah. So they're. I don't know. I don't know if there's something else at play there or just timing on when things were planted yep. or if it is something fertilizer based. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what you're looking at, the farmer got a late start because of something else he had in the field and he, he didn't plant in time. I don't know. Well, like you said, um, with that one wheat field not being harvested, I wonder if it's the same thing that's happening in the meat industry where we'll talk about it here in just a bit. It takes so long to get anything in to actually have it slaughtered because there's, you know, a buildup lack of, uh, being able to find help. Like, yeah, maybe they can't get reliable farm hands. Maybe I'm hoping that they just are just not wanting to do it anymore. And I'm going to call them up and see if I can buy the land for no, them. Cause it's literally like right next to my house. My house is next to, uh, the, that wheat field. How many acres uh, is it? Oh, I think they have like an 80 there. There's like an 80 there and then another 80 that wraps around back the other way. The The people that own that, um, they're not even from Kansas. So someday I'm going to hit them up. Uh, I got to figure out how to get a hold of them. Are you wanting to buy all 80 acres of it? Oh, if I could. Hey, I doubt. But it's probably way too expensive. Oh, it's way too, way too close to Wichita. It would go for an insane price. Yeah. But it was just, uh, I don't know if you saw, but I was responding on uh Texas Meat Matters article earlier today because he was talking about land and um, what people can afford and who can afford it. And and he had uh, some comments about you and me were one of the people who could still afford all that stuff. There was the article was talking about um, I don't remember if it was Iowa or something. I don't remember where it was. It wasn't in Kansas, but they were they had like 60 acres that was being auctioned off farmland for thirty thousand dollars an acre. That's insane. Oh. It's ridiculous. Like my I, parents bought their house for $40,000 on a half acre in the eighties, full, full house, like everything. They want $30,000 for just the land. Yeah. Which I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you, that's what you pay when you're buying like a, uh, half acre lot or less in the city to build a house on. Yeah. We paid. But, we have an acre lot. We have point nine something acre lot, and we paid slightly less than that. Yeah, but not not for farmland. It's no. ridiculous. It's getting crazy. Um, but we'll have no utilities. Won't be able to be hooked up easily to utility. Yeah, but if you buy it, we can hunt it. So yeah, go ahead and buy it. Do they think we make a lot of money? I think they think yeah that we make more money than we do. Interesting. Um, huh? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't do that. All right. Uh, so the U.S. red meat export delivers value back to corn and soybean producers. Really only want to talk about this because the numbers are fairly impressive. It says nationally beef and pork exports accounted for 537 million bushels of corn usage. That's just the exports. 537 million bushels of corn usage equating to 2.94 billion dollars that's insane our economy is ridiculously huge what's going to happen to beef and pork prices when they start pushing for more corn and ethanol to be used in gasoline <laughs> 
because they're going to try with the gas prices as high as it is. That's I guarantee that's going to be a push here. And I bet they get it. To, I bet they get it to happen. And then that's going to be another effect on the meat industry because of all the grain that's used in the meat industry that's now being bought and sold and used somewhere else that's getting subsidies. So this is sort of related. Patrick, Mark, this just cut this part out where we're both chewing. Why did we both chew at the same time? I was already chewing. Why did you take a bite? <laughs> I was chewing first. No, you were not. I stopped. You started. You I started again. Not. I don't no. know. I might keep this in. Though. Well, all right. Cut out that little bit. <laughs> okay. Might. How much is accurate and related? There was a guy. I uh, saw a video of it where he was filling up his gas. He's like, this does not smell like gas at all. So he actually like pulled the thing back and was shooting it in. Like basically he was resting the tip on the thing, but like where he could see the gas. And he's like, yeah, that looks like water. <laughs> like that smells like water. Is he? It's like this is not the regular gas. So if they're already cutting gas in some ways, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, go back to uh, John's uh, famous story about Parmesan cheese. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's one of those things that you look at and you're like, no, or people would, would people really do that? But yeah, it I mean, it probably happens. For sure. Uh, it just depends on how extensive it is. I mean, there's a lot of people across the country that are not as ethical as you and I would be. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure there's people that that do stuff like that. Sure. Same as, um, to be honest, probably in our industry with meat products. There's probably people out there that put things into meat products and then don't label it as such and um, have extra additives more than they're supposed yep. to. It could be just a, it could just be a thing with water. They might be injecting more water. Pumping to 8% instead yeah. of 6 mm -hmm. um, It happens. Nope. But nope. you just hope it doesn't happen that much. Patrick, did we ever release the video on the different pickups from uh, chicken that was injected at 3%, 6%? Oh, man, I'd have to double check. Maybe. We, we it might have just been a short one, though. Okay. I can't Maybe. remember if it was a full thing we, so long ago. We went out and bought some uh, chicken that had been uh, organic. So I think it only had 3% water added, um, some of like the mid-tier, and then some of the like you know cheaper I think it was pre-frozen. Uh, then we let them all soak in the same strength solution solution for the same amount of time, weighed them then before and after cooking. And the ones that were pumped less picked up significantly more amount of the, the seasoning. Um, now, we've talked about why they inject to higher levels generally enough in the past. But if you are looking to get a really good flavor marinade, uh, your starting product obviously matters for sure. Lower injection is generally better. But yeah, just one more time. 537 million bushels of corn usage on the beef and pork exports. Not beef and pork all around. Um, meat processing delays could be why meat processes are so high. Uh, this was interesting. It's an article that talks to really one farmer more than anyone else. But um, it used to cost us $50 to take six pigs. Now... It costs $150 to take three pigs. So it has tripled in price and half the amount. So that is what? Six times the cost or more? Right. Because you would have to make it 300. That's 10 times the cost. 
Yeah. So hold on. I, I, I don't know if I, I missed something. What are they doing? Are they taking them in to get processed? Yes. Okay. They're saying it used to be three pigs would cost you $50. They're now saying 150, sorry, six would cost you 50. It is now 150 for three. So 10 times the cost on hogs. And he has to reserve it out six months in advance. That's actually not bad. Right? That's... For a while here, it was a year and something. Uh -huh. This is uh, pork. I know beef was backed out over a year. Was pork? I don't think I talked to anyone who said that pork was that oh, far out. I mean, I'd, I'd say about Pogs. all of it was. I mean, they're going to really? schedule what they can. Um, I don't... I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't think people were reserved when they were scheduling out beef for two years. They probably aren't leaving holes in the schedule to do hogs. I mean, no, but more places can do hogs that than can do beef. Like a hog, a beef place could do hogs if they wanted. A hog place can't can't necessarily do beef. I mean, you have different yeah. uh, rail systems for them. Different. I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say most of the small. Very small to small processors out there are going to do beef in some regards. No, okay, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe it's just the area too. I mean, I'm more familiar with like Kansas and some of the states right around us. I'm sure if you go over uh, towards like Iowa, where pig population is insane, mm -hmm. it's probably a little different story. Fair, um, but one of the main parts of this points of this article was that places are still really understaffed, and I know. That everybody on Meatgistics and seems like everywhere, everywhere really wants to buy into this meat processing facilities burning down. Um, and trust me, I do too. I love <laughs> myself a good conspiracy. But I think it's more likely that. I think it's more likely that people who are working at these facilities are incredibly understaffed at the moment and have been for going on three years now. You can only run at full out and for so long. Eventually, things get left unattended and accidents happen. You get workers who are exhausted, who are demoralized. They don't pay the same amount of attention. I think that's more likely what is going on with the, the meat processing fire phenomenon. Um, but uh, the, the farmer says, uh, his last name is Suddeth, uh, what we need in the industry is a lot of younger farmers looking to get in the processing side. Because if those processors aren't there, we're not in business. And that raises the interesting question we've talked about in the past. What is it about the meat industry that there seems to be a, a negative stigma attached to it and people wanting to go into it? Because we talked about how uh, they, some hiring agency was saying you have to give basically a 10 to 15% bump just to get somebody into a cutting plant as opposed to an Amazon warehouse? I think just because it's, I mean, a lot of it's probably because of the environment. And But what do you mean you by the environment? To, you have to wear uh, boots and gloves and aprons and frocks and different things for protection. And then you're in a cold environment. It's not someone just sitting at a desk, you nice, don't, comfy and cozy. You don't, well, yeah, a desk job, most people would prefer that over this. But the difference between this and running around an Amazon warehouse all day, I don't see those as like one necessarily better than the other. I think that this could be an unintended effect of what we've seen for the last however long, a consistent media push of negative attention to the meat industry. I think it's people who are like, I don't want to be involved in that because I'm 
might get attacked on Twitter, which isn't real. <laughs> Some bot might send me a nasty yeah. message. I don't know. I, you think that's a stretch? I don't know. I mean, I could see it being true. I, 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 it's, I don't know. It's one of those things I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see it that way, but I don't know. I could see it being that way. When we toured um, those smaller plants, it seemed like that was the job to have yeah. in those towns. They did, they did seem like that. Yeah, it seemed like that would be like ideal. Like, uh, But you could even get kickback, small town like that. Oh, you think you're so good, you got the meat processing job. So you could see it both ways, I think. So How long? That's going on. That's over three years ago, though. It was before COVID. Yeah, I don't. So a maybe. lot might oh, have changed yeah, on yeah, that. Potentially. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you see that people don't want to get into it just in general at like younger age or it doesn't matter like that? Is what you're yeah, saying? That, I, we talked about it when we had Brett on. Um, well, one of the times we had Brett on. They're seeing a lot of these families mm. getting out of the business and the next generation doesn't want to move in yeah, and just, do that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, people don't want to carry on the legacy of i don't know whether being a butcher or whatever else i don't know <sighs> tough i mean you could look at any profession family driven and just is that something that they want to do and all that i mean you're asking the wrong guy i think it's a bigger question than i think we're ready to answer but man have you seen the movie the graduate what with dustin uh, hoffman, dustin hoffman? Yeah. i mean no i've seen the famous okay. parts from it but no not the movie. there's a really good scene in that his father's dry cleaning or hangers and his son doesn't want to take the business over from him he wants to get into plastics there's just a really good conversation on like this exact thing mm -hmm. like hey this is what we built our family on this is i would also add being such a huge fan of meat um that there's way more value and because of that a sense of accomplishment that somebody should get from working in a meat processing plant than shipping you know tchotchkes all around the country eh. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. just not relevant anymore, like you're saying. But um, Next one is a little spicy. Um, this is from Newsweek. There was a dad <laughs> who punished his son with eating vegan meals for a month. <laughs> Why? What'd the kid do? That kid Man. should be taken away from him. <laughs> That's cruel and unusual punishment. I'm not joking. Oh, uh, I mean, I one, I, I think it would be enough punishment to do it for like a couple days or a week, a month. A month sounds crazy. I wouldn't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, um, somebody just, has to make those. Yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, you're if you're providing a, a nutritious meal for a child, that's all that matters. As long as they're getting enough food and enough nutrition, but. Are you if feeding they don't, your kids vegan meals? You feel you seem no, very no. I, I, I would I would get I would love to have my my son eat more meat. Um, my my daughter she is just starting uh, to eat solid well kind of solid food still just like one to two three ingredient foods um, okay. all soft. Uh, the hardest thing she's ate is like avocado, um, but she has she's yeah. How old is she? She's over six months old and she still does not have any teeth. If you asked By, me when she was born, I would say, I would have said 18 months, two years ago, <laughs> hands down, no question. It's, it's, it's been a, it, yeah, it's Can't been a long it's, six months. Wow. That's insane. But, uh, but anyways, so his family and friends condemn this, like, do, you oh, know, really? do not do this. 
but doesn't matter because fake people on are on Twitter and the internet are giving him attention. So yeah. Half the time though, you can't you can't make a kid happy on what they're eating anyways. Like my son's very picky. I was saying I wish I could get him to eat more meat. We, it doesn't matter what we set at the dinner table. He he'll be like, I don't want that. That's <laughs> that's yucky. And then you make him sit there for ten minutes, and mm-hmm. we eat. And then finally he's like, eh, Yeah, I'm gonna eat. Okay. And then he'll just go to town and eat it all, and he's fine. It's just he didn't get to pick out exactly what it was. Uh-huh. But every every kid's like that. They. Yep. They're picky just because they didn't get to pick what they ate. Power struggle. Uh, yeah. But how old is he now? Uh, he's going to be like, what, 11, three, 11 12? <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> he's not even four? Almost three and a half. Not oh, quite. wow. No, not even three and a half. Three, three and four months. Oh, wow. We call that three here in America. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would have <laughs> thought he was older than that. See, how many how bad is, I am. At how many years. months is that? Was 40? Yeah. He's he's 40 months. 40, <laughs> 40 months old. <laughs> All right. Um, we've got information in from the American uh, Farm Bureau saying that 4th of July cookouts this year are going to cost the average family 17% more. See, mine just said a flat out $10 more on the article I read. So That's funny. This one says $10 more per person. For per family? Oh, because this says seven dollars more per person. Mm. Oh well, I guess but, maybe average out. There you go. Uh, Still high. That's yeah, I, I don't know what to what to say about that. It's just everything's going up. Cost of literally everything's going up. Um, I thank God every day that I have a freezer in my basement stocked full of frozen meats. Um, I'm treating it at this point like my emergency food. I just leave it down there, leave the freezer door closed, only go into it when I absolutely need something. Other than that, I'm just continuing to buy meat at I, the store. You know, I've thought about this, John's, fr- John's freezer. I write about it in my diary every night. No, I was thinking, um, I was like, if it really gets that catastrophic, potentially, yeah, the power's going to go out, dude. Your, fr- your food's going to be good for like, what, a week maybe? I mean, in a deep freezer, leave it closed, take out only what you I, need. Oh, you've thought about this thing, okay. potentially. Nope, so how long do you think you could last? Well, it's there? down in my basement. It's in the coldest part of our room or of our house. Um, if handled correctly, I think I could get two, two and a half weeks out of it. There you go. So. All right. And then for the last meat matters, but then we've got one other thing we got to talk about. Uh, there's an outbreak proves plant-based meat can pose a food safety risk as well. Uh, In at least one case, a consumer is hospitalized because of the effects in the internal organs. The woman's gallbladder was removed because of the severity of her illness. This is turning into like, there are a ridiculous number of people uh, piling onto a lawsuit here. The product is uh, French lentil and leek crumbles from Daily Harvest, but it got... A lot of people really, really sick. That's crazy. So it's just an interesting look into the fact that, hey, like we talked about, I think even on last week, most E. coli infections are from things like sprouts and whatever. It's not from meat. The amount of salmonella poisoning from chicken has gone down, but this um, same number of people got sick with salmonella because a lot of it is from things like bell peppers. Um so, yeah, just an interesting look into the fact that 
Other foods can get you sick too. I've never paid attention. Do does fake meat have the same safe handling instructions on it that regular meat does? <sighs> That's a really good question. No, no I don't think so because most not. of it's ready to eat. So even like a fake ground beef, mm -hmm. you could just defrost that and eat it. You don't have to cook it. Oh, that's disgusting. Really? I think we need to try well, it. I think so. You could do it with real ones anyways. John's done it. So thaw it out and just eat it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's true too. <laughs> so what's the big deal? I think so. I think you're just reheating it just to like heat it. Just for texture probably. Uh -huh. It's already been cooked. Point, since it's not meat, it might not have to have any kind of right. particular label. So hmm. My wife's got a bunch of bags. I'll try and check tonight. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I love uh, you're like startled every time. All right, okay, here we go. See you later. Uh, like I said on the Meatistics post, we will have links to the Thai honey ginger and the wasabi. Is it wasabi ginger marinade? Yeah, oh. wasabi ginger marinade. Oh, there's ginger in both. There's ginger in both. Oh, this that, is new. That to apparently me. is Excalibur's new thing because the sweet Thai or sweet ginger chili snack stick. So. They're big is on ginger, ginger like a new flavor? Ginger is super good for you. Well, is it a new flavor kick? Like I've always uh, had ginger. It's the new Nashville hot. <laughs> yeah, like Nashville hot, sriracha. Ooh. I mean, there's been some things over the past ten years that like get just pushed, yep. popular, and they get pushed everywhere. Is ginger going to be the next thing? It is now, according to us, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Excalibur's trying to make it the next big thing. I put some Nashville hot seasoning with the ultimate steak and roast on my steak last night. Because it was didn't look like a prime example of a steak. Um, it was all right. I remember you said that you'd added some like uh, crushed red pepper or something to your steaks recently. Oh, or you were for a while. I used to use like habanero powder. Habanero powder. Yeah. Did I tell you about the steak I did with firecracker rub? No. Oh, I thought I did. I think you did. I remember this. I don't know. I ran out of steak and roast. Um, oh. So I, I did two steaks, did my wife's in steak and roast um, and uh, uh, did mine like literally caked on with firecracker rub. And it and was amazing. Then did you add more salt? Because that you love salt. Oh, yeah. That... I, I added a sprinkle <laughs> of butter garlic to it. Okay. You yeah. know what he really added? Probably like slices of cheese, baby. Oh, <laughs> God. I got the picture to prove it. That's where it was. I put I posted on Meatgistics about it because Tex, yeah, responded with the cowboy ribeye with American cheese on it that was burnt to disgusting. a crisp. Absolutely disgusting. All right. We're out of here. See you guys. Thanks for checking out the Meatgistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.